Hi, I'm reporter Hannah Edgar. We've all been there. We're waiting for the CTA train, and as it pulls up, it's too full to even get on. And great. The next train coming is delayed. That's nothing new to Bridget Peterson. She was waiting for the red line train to go to work at the Belmont L on a rainy weekday. It used to take me 45 minutes flat to get from Evanston to downtown. Now I have to put in an hour and 15 just for buffer to get there on time. So it added an extra, like, 20 minutes at least. Bridget says the extra time and unpredictability are major reasons why she only works at the office a couple times a week. I have seen a little bit more frequency in the consistency of the trains, but it's still not what it was pre-COVID. Bridget's experience is echoed by commuters across the country. Like other transit agencies, the CTA is facing a labor shortage, which has had cascading effects on service. Back in 2018, Curious City answered a question about what it was like to be a CTA rail operator. Operators had a lot of pride in the job. It pays well, it comes with good benefits, and it's stable because, hey, everybody needs transit. On the flip side, it can be mentally and physically taxing. You're on your feet all day, it's repetitive. Here's former rail operator Deborah Lane. So say like when your brakes go out in the car, you take it to a mechanic. Well, when the brakes go out on the train, we are the mechanic. So, it's been five years. What's different today? Well, the job description hasn't really changed. But today, the CTA is facing a whole host of challenges that would have been unimaginable in 2018. For one, no one knew how to plan for a pandemic. The agency is facing a major workforce shortage and ridership hasn't bounced back. Plus, the CTA, Metra, and Pay Systems are facing a combined $730 million fiscal cliff once their federal relief funds dry up in 2026. Coming up, we'll revisit the 2018 story from reporter John Fasile on what it's like to be a rail operator. Then we'll take a look at what the CTA is up against today. That's after the break. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. When I reported this update, the CTA wouldn't let me talk to any current rail or bus operators. That's also what reporter John Fasile ran into back in 2018. So he talked to some former rail operators. Here's the story. Just go ahead and ask. I'm not holding nothing back. I don't work for CTA anymore. I'm on pension. As long as I don't do anything, you know, commit a felony or anything, they can't mess with my pension. Erwin Davis retired from the CTA in 2012. He gets free rides for the rest of his life. And that sweet pension. We have an excellent pension system at CTA, one of the best. It's like winning the lottery. I also talked with the guy Irwin refers to as his mentor. Walter Collins operated CTA trains for a long time. Yeah, 36 years, five months, 21 days. A quick lesson in terminology. The people who run the trains are not called conductors or drivers. They're called rail operators. Although until 1997, they were called motormen. Er 
Irwin preferred being called a modem and didn't like being called an operator. But I, they could call me anything as long as they paid me. One of the first things I learned about rail operators is that they take a lot of pride in their job. Many of them genuinely love trains. When I came to Chicago and I saw the L trains, I was like, I want to work there. Deborah Lane used to be an active rail operator, but now she works for the union that represents CTA employees. She grew up in East St. Louis, Illinois. As a little girl, we used to live by the railroad tracks. And we used to just sit out there sometimes at night and just watch them go by. I mean, they were just freight cars. But it was like as a kid, we were just so happy to hear the train come, you know, and they would blow the engine. And it's just, I just was fascinated by it. A number of operators like Irwin and Walter actually consider themselves, quote, rail fans. I asked Irwin to define the term. Okay, I'm a person that likes trains. Like is an understatement. There is a whole subculture of people obsessed with trains who share memorabilia, get together in dimly lit conference rooms to show each other photos they've taken of rail equipment. So do you go to other cities just to ride yes, the train? Yes, absolutely. I think there are more rail fans that work for CTA than care to admit. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Irwin's apartment is lined wall-to-wall with sagging shelves full of books about trains. He's really passionate about them. But still, you might get the sense from talking with him that operating a train isn't that hard. It's like driving a car. The harder you put on the accelerator, the faster you go. The harder you put on the brake, the quicker you stop. Except not really. Operating a train is way more complicated than driving a car. CTA trains have four speed settings, 15 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour, 35 miles an hour, and 55 miles an hour. There are only a few places on the rail system where you can really stretch out and go full speed, like that long, unbroken stretch between suburban Skokie and the terminal at Howard on the yellow line. The throttle, which looks kind of like a wheel, controls the speed of the train. Here's Walter Collins again. So when you move the handle all the way to the left, you get full power. You come to the middle, you coast, and uh, then you have points of brake to the right. If you go all the way to the right, you go into emergency brake. Big magnets clamp onto the rails and bring the train to a stop. Of course, you had to try to avoid making emergency stops because the passengers would be knocked all over the place. And then there are the signals. Train operators must monitor cab signals, a panel of lights in the train's motor cab that tell you how fast you can proceed. If you don't obey these signals, the train can automatically be thrown into an emergency stop. And it's not just the complicated controls that you have to worry about. The job is also physically demanding and strenuous. You have to be on your feet all day sometimes for more than eight hours. And occasionally, you have to climb down to the track and troubleshoot problems. Here's Deborah from the union again. So say like when your brakes go out in the car, you take it to a mechanic. Well, when the brakes go out on the train, we are the mechanic. Like a lot of us, the rail operators I spoke with had complaints about their job, like any job. But it also offers you something you can't get in just any job. The helm of a CTA train offers you views of Chicago that nobody else has. 
You go south of Armitage and you see that skyline. I never got tired of that view. Going over the river, leaving the merchandise mart, I just feel like I'm a captain of a ship. It's a neat feeling. When you get on the south side of Chicago and you you get to see the Dan Ryan, you see the cars go up and down, you see the truck drivers, you, you know, you can wave. It kind of like takes your mind off of a lot of things that's going on internally. In that motor cab was my serenity. That was John Facile reporting back in 2018 on what it's like to be a rail operator. Since then, the COVID-19 pandemic knocked everything off course. After the break, we'll take a look at what's changed for the transit agency. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's me, Hannah Edgar. I met commuter Elizabeth on the platform of the Damon Brown line. That's my stop. She told me she's been riding the CTA for 25 years off and on. But an experience she had over the weekend sums up some of her recent frustrations with the agency. I was taking the 49 towards Berwyn, the Western bus, and there were a couple of us at this stop, and we kept tracking it, and there were two either ghost buses or just two super delays. Ghost buses, by the way, are those buses that just never show up. And I feel like that's been semi-regularly, especially talking to other commuters who do take buses more regularly, and even trains seem to, we seem to be experiencing a lot more delays. Here's the deal. Riders are slow to return, too, now that remote work is more of a thing. According to data compiled by the CTA, the number of overall rides on the system is down by about 40% from July of 2019 to July of this year. Michelle New drove CTA trains during the height of the pandemic. At the time she retired in 2022, she noticed a big difference in ridership. You could say things probably weren't the same again. Mm. They weren't the same again as far as what the riders coming back and the personnel because people just, how can I say, not really fully coming back to work like that. Michelle worked as a CTA rail operator for 34 years, just long enough to be able to collect her full pension. Many operators, like Michelle, had been nearing retirement anyway when the pandemic struck. But others just quit. The Amalgamated Transit Union, or ATU, represents more than 8,000 CTA rail and bus workers. The heads of those locals say their members were and remain burnt out from the stresses of the pandemic. Morale is down. You know, we heroes when we do it during the pandemic. Now we kick to the curb. That's Keith Hill, president of the bus workers local, ATU 241. Everybody was afraid of the unknown. Those that resigned, you know, it was very taxing on the mental and on our body physically. So a lot of people took re- retired because of the frustration, the unknown, feeling unappreciated. 
CTA spokesperson Brian Steele says the agency has not yet organized and analyzed data from exit interviews. But he says the system's staffing issues aren't unique to the CTA. The CTA, like our transit peers and indeed like other businesses, was not immune from the impacts of the Great Resignation, where people just really left their jobs and their careers, sometimes to seek new ones and sometimes simply just just take a break. Meanwhile, the CTA has been trying to attract new workers. They've hosted job fairs, offered free courses towards earning a commercial driver's license, which you need to operate a CTA bus. They've increased wages and given bonuses. Plus, in their most recent labor contract, CTA began hiring bus drivers full-time. Before, they had to start as part-time employees, then work their way up to full-time. Keith says the union had been pushing for that long before COVID-19. And I've always maintained that this is not a part-time company. The new rules flipped 300 part-time bus operators into full-time employees in 2022. Here's CTA spokesperson Brian Steele again. We recognized in this new marketplace that people wanted that full-time employment. Recent data from the CTA seems to indicate that its new hiring flexibility has made some headway for bus operators. Their numbers have been steadily increasing all year. But rail operator headcounts from the same period aren't trending up. They're just kind of fluctuating. So what's going on there? Well, rail operators can only be hired from the CTA's existing workforce, just like bus drivers were before the new contract. Anyone who wants to be a rail operator needs to work as a track flagger first, a temporary position that's pretty much what it sounds like. They help direct traffic on the tracks. No matter what, though, once you're a flagger, you have to work that role for anywhere between six months to a year before becoming eligible to train to be a full-time rail operator. That training takes an additional three months. So you won't see the CTA's newest hires behind the wheel of a CTA train until a while from now. CTA spokesman Brian Steele says that pipeline keeps writer and employee safety at a premium. There is a reason that we don't hire rail operators right off the street. It's because we want rail operators to have some experience in the railroad industry and preferably experience specific to CTA. But Eric Dixon, the president of ATU 308, the rail workers local, finds the year-long pipeline for new rail operators tedious. He wonders if it's deterring otherwise worthy candidates and dampening morale, which is already low. It starts by just, once again, how you treat your operating personnel, the people, you know, to make people feel good about coming to work. And I don't think, you know, from a company standpoint, now we do a good job with that. You get a better quality individual coming off the street. When Curious City first explored what it was like to be a rail operator back in 2018, it was a very different time. Riders may have had their complaints with the CTA, but it felt like most Chicagoans had a lot of pride in the system, too. But since the pandemic, riders' frustrations are at a fever pitch. It's the first time in the CTA's history that it's had a hiring deficit, riders aren't fully back, and yet trains are still packed and delayed. At the Belmont L stop during rush hour, you can feel the frustration. But there are also plenty of people who really feel for the operators, like commuter Gene Kim. I'm definitely sympathetic to um, the workers in CTA. You just hear on like the news, yeah, kind of getting the short end of the stick and really understaffed. But yeah, since the pandemic, I think just 
It hasn't been consistent at all. The labor contract negotiated last year retroactively covered 2020 through the end of 2023. So CTA and ATU will meet at the bargaining table again later this year. Chances are, what it takes to get more people excited about getting on the train again, whether that's as a commuter or as an operator, will be high up on their agenda. Curious City is supported by the Conan Family Foundation and is produced by Jason Mark and Joe Dassault. Adriana Cardona-McGigod is Curious City's reporter. Maggie Civit is the digital and engagement producer. Susie Ahn is our editor. Curious City is a production of WBZ Chicago and is part of the NPR Network. I'm Hannah Edgar. Thanks for listening. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.